What light is it? Okay. <laughs> that one's a little confusing. Turn it down, turn it down. Anyways, welcome everybody. Am I on? Come on, you can hear me. All right. If I whisper, can you still hear me? All right. So welcome. If you don't know or already figured out, it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And if you forgot or don't know who the pastors are, it's Pastor Ron and Carrie. It's okay if you forgot. <laughs> Anyways, we are going to, sorry, give me a second. We are going to read from Genesis 35, 16 through 20 today. And um, to go along with our distraction series that, there we go, now I can hear myself, <laughs> that we've been working on, the title of my sermon is Labels. So if you can stand as we read, if you are able. If not, have the next person pick you up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so Genesis 35, it says, Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when, and, then, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass, when she was in hard labor, that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have a son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called him Ben-Oni. But, her fa- but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ebrath, which this is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave this, to this day. And tw- verse 21 says, Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. Amen. You, yeah, uh, we're going to pray. You can have a seat if you wish. Um, but... Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, God, and we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your house, Lord. And I just pray that as I speak the sermon, that it speaks to someone's life, Lord, and that you just be a, be a blessing here, Lord. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, a little segue. <laughs> Anyways, my segue is this. Um, I asked you to stand because the Word of God is alive and it is active. And you can look at your Bible and you can... Where's my Bible? You can look at it. And it's, you know, it's nice, it's pretty, you know. But, and you can touch it. But if you don't open it, it's not active. It's like, it's like going to the gym. You can go to the gym and you can look at the equipment. You can touch the equipment. You can admire the equipment. Wow, nice equipment. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it doesn't do you any justice to look at it. You've got you to gotta engage with the equipment. That's when you start seeing results. That's when, you, that's when you see change happen. And you don't see change happen by touching and looking at your Bible. It's when you start reading it. It's when you engage with it. And so that's my little segue in why I asked you to stand. (laughs) Thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate that. That was very cute. (laughs) But, and if you don't know, the story of Jacob and Rachel, it's one of the many love stories in the Bible. And if you don't know 
the story of Jacob and Rachel. Basically, Jacob is a traveler, and he, he goes to this well, and he you know, takes a break, and um, he meets Rachel there. And Rachel likes Jacob, and um, so Rachel takes Jacob back to her father, Levin. I said that right. Okay. And um, she presents Jacob to her father, and he, Jacob wants to marry Rachel, and Levin goes, okay, you can marry her, but you have to work seven years for me before you marry her. And so he does, and he works seven years for her. And then after the seven years have passed, he goes to marry Rachel, and in this custom, in their, in their tradition, the bride, their face, they're all covered up. And so, you know, they're at the ceremony. Jacob thinks he's marrying Rachel, but he doesn't, and he, you know, he trusts that that's Rachel. He worked seven years for her. But what happens is Levin tricks Jacob, and Jacob, right? Yeah, sorry. Jacob ends up marrying Rachel's older sister, Leah. And Jacob, when he finds out, he goes, he goes back to Levin. He's like, dude, what, what is this? Like, I, I, I asked for Rachel. I worked seven years for you, dude, and you gave me Leah. What's up? You know? And, um, you know, obviously he wasn't happy about this. And so Levin goes, okay, I'll give you Rachel, but you're going to work another seven years for me. That's 14 years. He works 14 years for Rachel. It is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. That's probably older than you. <laughs> if you're married, turn to your wife and say, I'll work 41 years for you, girl. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't. Mom's shaking her head at me. <laughs> But anyways, so 14 years pass, and Jacob marries Rachel, and if you don't know, Rachel's barren, and what that means is she cannot have children, and after many <clears throat> lengths of time that they spent in prayer and asking God to give them a child, they, she finally becomes pregnant, and um, she has her first son, and his name is Joseph. Um, I, bet I, I got ahead of myself again. Before they had their first son, Jacob went to Bethel and negotiated with God, well, tried to negotiate with God. He said, God, I'll do this if you give me this. Now, I, I know some of you have probably done that. I've done that. And if you don't know, or if you haven't found out yet, um, it doesn't work in your favor for the most part. So don't try <laughs> to negotiate with God. But... So he does that, and God gives him his first son, Joseph. And, and then they're, in, they're happy and they're rejoicing. And then Rachel becomes pregnant with her second son. And it said that on their way back from Bethel, she began to give childbirth. And, you know, back then a lot of women, they died during childbirth because they don't have a lot of, they didn't have many resources you don't just call the doctor and be like, hey, my wife's, in, my wife's in labor, I need an epidural, I need all this stuff, you know, because that, that wasn't there, that, they didn't have that. So, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of women died during childbirth, and Rachel, 
Rachel died giving birth to her second son. And um, if you can go to the next verse, please. Or to, no, back, sorry. Uh, to the midwife, there, right there. She's, she's, giving, she's giving birth to her second son. And the midwife goes, Rachel says to her, Rachel, do not fear. You will have a son also. God gave Rachel what she asked for. But it cost Rachel a price. And it says, do not fear, Rachel. Do not fear. God gave you what you asked for. Sometimes something has to die in your life. She's dying. And as she died her last breath, her baby breathed his first. And and that's just an example of the seasons we go through in our lives. And I learned this in women's camp, so I'm going to use this. <laughs> oh, yeah, right there. And it says in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, it says, To everything there is a season, a time and a purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what has been planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to... (laughs) Next slide, please. Thank you. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to reap or time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. For Rachel, this was a time to die and a time to be born. And, you know, she's, she's dying. Just imagine that. Rachel's dying. And the midwife says to her, do not fear, Rachel. You have another son. And the midwife is trying to do everything she can to save Rachel. And she's doing everything she can to save Rachel. And finally she gets to the point where there is nothing left she can do. And she goes to Jacob and she says, you know, Jacob, I'm no, I'm not supposed to speak unless I've been spoken to. But there's nothing left I can do to help. She's gone. But she did have one last request. She wanted to name her son Benoni. And if you don't know what Benoni means, Ben meaning son of, B-E-N means son. Oni, O-N-I, means of my sorrow. But wait, it doesn't just mean of my sorrow, it means of my strength. Now, it doesn't say which, which, um, which one it's referring to in this context, but we can assume she's dying and they're sad. We're just, we can assume by what's going on here in this situation that she's naming him after her sorrow, after her pain and her fear, because she's dying and she's scared. And Jacob is scared because he just worked 14 years with this lady, his wife, and she's dying. And her dying request was to name her son Benoni, son of my sorrow. And the midwife tells Jacob, and he goes, no, 
well, that's kind of rude. His, his dying wife's request is to name her son Benoni, and he says no. Like, and it doesn't say how much time passes. It could have been weeks, it could have been days, it could have been a few moments, but he ends up naming his son Benjamin. And um, before I tell you what Benjamin means, oh, yeah, it says right here, but his father called him Benjamin. And um, Jacob, he, he's waiting for a blessing. Before, before he meets Rachel, he waits for a blessing. And um, how many of you, like, wait for a blessing? Oh, when my, my finances are good, I'll give to the church. When everything's at home, I'll go tell the neighbor about God. Or when I get an A on my test, maybe I'll go and tutor someone else. I don't know. Whatever your situation may be. And that's, that's kind of like what Jacob did. He waited for a blessing. But God said, but someone was, sorry, but he got prayed for over with the right hand. The right hand of blessing. The right hand in the Bible. And I'm not trying to pick on people who are left-handed. Kudos to you. But in the Bible, the right hand is the hand of blessing. And Jacob was prayed for with, his right hand, with the right hand of blessing. Because God said, it's time to stop waiting for a blessing. He said, you know, I know what you're going through, but it's time to go be a blessing. It's time to stop sitting in your chair and saying, poor me, poor me, why can't I do this? It's time to go and work for someone else. It's time to go be a blessing to someone else. And so his dying life's request is to name her son Ben-Oni. But he said, I don't want to name my son after, after a sad situation. It was a blessing. We prayed for this. And you know, you gotta be, this is where you got to be careful because this was a blessing and a curse. Because they got the son. She got, they, they wanted a son. She was barren. But she had to die. And sometimes some things in your life have to die before you get blessed. And so he could have named his son Benoni, son of my sorrow. But instead he named him Benjamin. Ben, son of can you guess what Jamin means? Anybody? All right, I guess I'll tell you. Don't know. Talk once now. <laughs> it means of my right hand. He named his son son of my right hand because that was a blessing of, for him. Can you believe that? Son of my right hand. Anyways. <laughs> but you know, you have... You have to be Oni to be Oni. Does that make sense to you? Do you know you have to be Oni to be Oni? This sounds weird, right? <laughs> you have to be sad to gain strength. We well, could have named him Son of My Strength, Ben Oni, because that just would have been what he could have thought she wanted. But that's not. She was sad. And, you know... You can't be strong and you can't gain strength if you're not sad. Someone who have had to hurt you. You can think of the strongest person that you know, and they are only strong because someone has, had, has to have caused them physical pain, mental pain, spiritual pain. Someone has had to hurt them in their lives. They have had to go through this, the most terrible situation because that's what made them so strong. You have to be Oni to be Oni. Amen? Amen? Now say it like you're Pentecostal. Amen. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, that was a label. Oni is a label. Even good labels are labels. But Oni was a sad label in that situation. Some of you, pointing again, have a situation and you're labeling yourself after that. Someone has hurt you or you have done something. Maybe you are a drug addict. Maybe you think you are stupid or maybe you are angry or maybe it's not even up here. Maybe you feel alone or abandoned. You feel like you have been defeated. Like you've been defeated. Or maybe you feel like you're the biggest liar and God can't save you. Or maybe you regret something in your past. Maybe it's even you feel like you're a bad parent or something. It could be anything, that label that you carry around that defines who you are, or at least you think that's what defines who you are. But someone has hurt you, and you have been through that situation, and that's what you think you are. And if I can have the children's ministry come and pass the labels out, please. Justice. Does everyone have a label? Getting one? If you don't, raise your right hand. We're going to bless you with one. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah? Thank, can I have one? Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Think of the label. Think of that situation that you went through. How many of you in here use the word, the term, it's all good? Someone has hurt you, but it's all good. I got this. Raise your hand if you use that. You're all lying, because it's not all good. It's not all good. Something could be good at work, but it's something's dying at home. Something could be great at home, but at work... They're testing your limits. So it's not all good. You know, you, this label, it's a lie. Did you know that? And it's not okay to wear that label around and say, but it's all good. It's not. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief does not come except to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. The devil has come to steal your heart, to kill it, wait, to steal your heart, to kill your spirit, and destroy your life. He has given you that label that you're holding on to, to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Only if you believe it. Because wait, it doesn't end there. That's just the first verse. It does not end there. Because the second verse says, 
but I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Amen? More abundantly. God says, tear that label off. You know, the devil has given you this label because he knows it's your weakness and it's going to steal your heart. It's going to destroy your spirit and it's going to break you down. But God says, tear it off. And I'm yelling, but I feel like I'm preaching. <laughs> says, tear it off. Because I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. It doesn't end here. It's not over. That label that you're holding on to, imagine it's written on this Hello, My Name Is sticker. That label that you've been walking around holding, whether it be drug addict, defeat, regret, maybe it's not even up there. There are a million things that you could be labeling yourself right now. The devil's given you that label. For me, mine, mine's a liar. The devil has given me that label. But God says, tear it off. Tear it off because I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. But it doesn't end there. He says, come to me, child, because I love you. These these mean nothing to God. God says, tear it off. That's who you are. Did you know you have naming rights? You can call your situation what it is. Because that's what it was, and that's what it will always be. You can't go back and change it. Or you can rename the situation because you see how God sees it. When you become a Christian... We're not pretending like everything's okay. We know it's not okay. We know that those situations are still there. Our perspective changes. We give it to God now. So call it how it is. Call it, call it how you see it. That's what we do, right? We're only human. Or you can rename it. Look at verse 21. It says, Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. Jacob. Did you know Bethel wasn't named Bethel until Jacob got there? Bethel was named Bethel because that is where God met Jacob. Before, it wasn't named that. It was, it was like naming the town Loserville. It's like a label we have in Las Vegas. Sin City? No, it's Salvation City. It's not Sin City. Okay? So we have a label here. But you know what? He named it Bethel because that's where God met him. And this is where God's meeting you. And after that situation where Rachel died, it says that Jacob, or then, I'm sorry, then Israel journeyed, journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. Then Israel moved on. It's time to move on. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 
he went to Bethel and he was strutting and he was rejoicing and he was happy and he was as great as can be because he has a child. He's been waiting for this child and he has it. But wait, his wife died. And he could, he's depressed. And now he's sad. And he left limping. And he left that situation. But now God gave him a new name. And now he's Israel. And he moved on. Think of that label right here. Think, don't write it, don't write it down. But think, imagine it's written right here. That's the situation that you're going through right now. But right now, we're not gonna listen to the devil coming to steal, kill and destroy our lives. We're gonna tear that label apart. We're gonna shred it. We are gonna destroy it because you know what? God says tear it off because I have come that you have made life and life more abundantly. So we are gonna declare that we have life in here. You're gonna take that label that you've been holding on to and you're gonna declare that this situation now belongs to God. We are gonna give it to God, amen? like I'm talking to somebody in here. Somebody in here needs to hear this. That label you're holding on to, that's not the end of your life. That's the beginning. God can't build you up unless you've been torn down. He says, come to me as you are. With all your labels and all your baggage, come to me as you are, child, because I love you. You are my child. So we're going to rename some stuff in here. Think of that label that you have carrying around. What would God want you to name it? How would you give it to God? I need a pen again. Sorry. Ruined the moment, but... Think of that label and write it down. Write it on your sticker. you to wear that sticker on your on your chest or wherever sorry on your shirt and if you don't have a shirt we'll get you one <laughs> you, you can put it wherever you want it's a reminder to you it is a dec- declaration to you that we are moving on that we are no longer what's holding us back that is no longer going to define our life because we have new life We're not pretending like this situation doesn't exist anymore. It still exists, but we have a new perspective. That's no longer who we are. I am glad that's not who we are. It's not the end, people. And I I really, I want to end with this, this last, it's a quote from a pastor. He's a really great pastor. We listen to him online, and um, his name is Stephen Furtick, and he said this. He said, God is waiting for you to call the things in your life according to what he said, according to what he said, and not what you see. You can call things how they are. You can call it what it is, because that's what it will be. That's what, uh, always, it's always going to be that. Or... 
you can rename it because God gives you naming rights. Did you know that God created all the animals in, in Genesis 2? God created all the animals, but he gave Adam the naming rights. He named all those animals. Did you know that? That's where Jacob learned this. You have naming rights to rename the situation. Not, not according to what you see, but what he said. So this is a declaration that we are moving on. And that we have new life and we have new life more abundantly. And we're going to stop waiting for that blessing. And stop saying it's all good because it's not all good. And we're going to go bless people out there that think it's all good. Okay? Everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for this message, Lord. We thank you that we are no longer the labels that are killing our hearts and destroying our lives, Lord. We thank you that you have given us life and life more abundantly, that we can move on. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is here, Lord. And I just pray that a blessing over the congregation as they go about their week, Lord. Because in here, we're safe, God. But out there is the mission field. And we're going to go share the word of God with them, Lord. And we're going to go share our stories. And we're going to tell them it's not all good, but it's okay. Lord, we just thank you for that. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said? And say like you're Pentecostal. Yeah, thank you.